We're back. My name is Nick Finzer. This is Over Here, the show where we talk to outside-in music artists and all about their newest releases. And today we are talking with the great jazz pianist, uh, Florida-born, New York, longtime resident, and now teaching at the University of North Texas in uh, outside of Dallas in Denton, Texas. This is the pianist David Meter. And David is getting ready to release his brand new album in January of 2019. But before we get to there, he is releasing a single featuring the great Chris Potter. And today we are talking about that as well as his journey uh, from Florida. And we actually crossed paths in Rochester, New York at Eastman, where he was for a brief time. But we're glad to uh, reconnect here today. So without further ado, I'm going to let you hear the conversation with David Meter. All right, so we're here today with Dave Meter, great pianist, composer, and educator. He, we are actually sitting in Texas right now. We're both starting to teach at the University of North Texas this semester, fall 2018. And uh, so thanks for being here, Dave. Yeah. And uh, we're talking today because Dave is getting ready to launch a brand new project uh, that is going to come out in early 2019, but we're teasing that with a little bit of a single uh, from his new record that is also a video. So could you tell us a little bit about what's coming out? Well, so the first single that's going to be released is uh, a tune I wrote entitled Elegy, and it features Chris Potter on the tenor saxophone along with Kush Abadie on the drums and Marty Jaffe on the bass. So it's sort of, uh, it's something I wrote actually many, many years ago. Uh, it was probably 2000, 2008 or 2009 when I wrote the tune. And I've, I've been playing it in sort of several iterations and, and, and groups over the years. And, and I feel like, you know, 10 years later, I finally have an arrangement of it that I'm really happy with. I mean, Chris... Obviously, you know, just played the the crap out of it, and and uh, as did Cush and Marty. So I'm really excited for everyone to hear it. Nice man. Uh, so let's back up a little bit. Could you give people a little bit of your story, your back background? Where did you grow up, and kind of go to school, and what led you from there to here? There to here, and that's a big <laughs> a big story. I mean, born in Tampa, Florida. Born and raised in Florida, went to went to school in Florida, studied with uh, Marcus Roberts at Florida State University, and uh, played with some great people there, namely the drummer Leon Anderson, great New Orleans drummer, and Rodney Jordan, who's currently the bass player in Marcus's trio. Then, you know, like many musicians, decided to make that big move up to that big city called New York. And uh, study there with all kinds of people, from John Michelle Pilk to Ari Honig to Mark Turner to um, Kenny Barron, uh, classical piano lessons, um, you know, harmony, counterpoint in the French style of Nadia Boulanger. I mean, I, I studied way too much, actually. I think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I just I just couldn't. Stop studying in New York. I mean, so, but I think all that is, is relevant because I kind of see myself as being between all these extremes. We have all these extremes in jazz, and, and everybody likes to talk about what jazz should be. You know, you, you hear people that 
that uh, sort of you know, play more of the earlier stuff and are a little bit more traditionalist in their mindset and some who are more avant-garde and, and don't really know much about the traditional stuff and, and, uh, and everything in between. So I kind of feel like all the different people I've had the pleasure of studying with, it's helped me to sort of situate myself in between all these poles, if you will, of jazz you know, and what jazz should be and what jazz is. So I think what you'll hear on the album is is all of those influences, you know. Elegy in particular, you'll hear a lot of the classical influence, the influence of my composition and counterpoint studies and things like that, and, and fusing that with just the raw energy that Chris Potter brings in a, you know, a jazz improvisation context. So that's just one example of sort of the, the hybrid that I think you'll hear on this, on this album. And so how did you first come into contact with Chris and get him involved in, in your project? Well, I met Chris at NYU. I was actually a student there, and I just approached him about sort of playing a little bit, and, and, and uh, I played for him, and, and he was into it. So we actually had several sessions uh, where we would just get together on, on some Friday afternoons and just play tunes, you know. He didn't really want to talk much and, and neither did I. We just kind of played for a while and then, you know, that developed into a relationship where I felt comfortable asking him to be on this record. So I'm really happy it worked out. Yeah, that's amazing. And what about the trio? Is that your working trio from the city or? Yes, as, as of lately, yes. Um, I've had several sort of working trios over the year, over the years. It's kind of you know, it's kind of hard to have a, an actual working trio in New York City. Everybody's got their hand in so many different projects. Um, but yeah, I, I, most of my trio gigs have been with, with Kush Abadie on the drums and then either Marty Jaffe on the bass or another bass player who's on the rest of the record. His name is Tamir Schmerling. Mm. And I really enjoy playing with both those guys. So what is your kind of concept for your band your trio like i know you're talking about being kind of in between all of these poles mm -hmm. and uh, so is there a particular piano trio that you're kind of coming out of or trying to not be like is well i mean i like to sort of treat the idea of being in between poles as our concept mm. and there's one particular pianist or piano trio in particular that 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 comes to mind and that's um Jackie Byard, hmm. somebody I've been studying over the years, and I think he's he's one of the few pianists that actually embodies this idea of of everything. You know, it's a lofty goal to to like have influences from everything, but it can actually be a thing. You know, not just a a, a pipe dream. And I think in the music of Jackie Byard, it, it all those different influences, the stride. The you know the Errol Garner the the avant garde the the work he did with Mingus with Eric Dolphy it's all blended you know in in a really interesting way in a really stylistically appropriate way so you know like so my trio for instance has played a lot of the music of Jackie Byard we did a week at Dizzy's back in February where we played just exclusively Jackie Byard's music and tried to dig up some of the the, the lesser known tracks of his. Mm. So we kind of go that route. We try to do everything, you know, because we can. 
Sure, yeah. So what kind of led you to Jackie Byard? He's not, not everyone talks about Jackie Byard. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how I necessarily... Well, I can think of a few ways that I would have discovered him. Um, I, I've been into Jason Moran's playing for a long time, and he was one of uh, Jackie's students. As was Fred Hirsch, which is interesting because the, the two, those two players are almost, you know, they're very different, I'll yeah. say that. And uh, I, I got to study with Fred quite a bit while I was in New York, and uh, he turned me on to some of the, the stuff that Jackie was doing. Um, Spike Wilner, the owner of Smalls, gave me, uh, you know, a book that Jackie had written and never published. Oh wow! So there's there's an actual book that's floating around. What of, what's in it? Of little handwritten etudes that oh. he had written for his students and uh, beautiful calligraphy. He was really an artist too. He has beautiful some calligraphy and and designs in there, and it's it's just a hodgepodge of all kinds of stuff. Just like his music, really. It's, wow, that's super cool. Yeah, yeah. I love I love that about New York about the scene in New York. Just all those little things that kind of get passed down. Yeah. And the only way to experience it is just to be there. Is to be there and to know the people that have that information. Right. So. Exactly. So important. Well, at least it is for both of us, at least. Um, so the new single video with Chris Potter, Elegy, is coming on October 5th, and that's a preview of the record that's coming in 2019. Could you tell us about uh, the concept for the rest of the record? If it's any different, I guess it's probably the same as what we've been talking about, but um, any of the other tracks on there, mm-hmm. any any performance plans coming up? Well, uh, I, I'm i in the Texas area, the Dallas area, as we said, and I've, uh, I'm doing sort of the Jackie Byard show <laughs> in Dallas in November uh, at the Salmon Center for the Performing Arts. So if you live in the Dallas area, come on out. And then uh, have some things in the works for New York City in January. Uh, I can't, those haven't been confirmed yet, but they're in the talking stages. And then um, looking to start booking some tours as of, as of now for March and May of next year to release this record. Um, as far as the other tracks, you'll hear, you know, more of the in-between stuff. Uh, you'll hear some of my, my roots in, in church music. I have a hymn on there. I always like to play a hymn on all of my sets, and uh, this record is no different. You'll hear lots of originals that sort of reflect all kinds of different musical influences. There's a track also that has uh, the great Miguel Zinon on it, a duo track with me and Miguel. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about it. You know, so something I was just thinking about when you were talking is that sometimes the, the journey of getting from the beginning to the end of putting out the record is almost as challenging and almost as interesting as the music itself. And so a lot of the people that listen to this podcast have, are usually involved in music in some way, a lot of them younger than us. And so I was just wondering if you had any uh, thoughts about the process of putting all this together so far. I know we're kind of ha- halfway through, kind of getting ready to start the release, the releasing side, but did you have anything you could share about that? Well, it's very tedious for sure, um, you know, because this is essentially a, a do-it-yourself kind of project, um, you know, aside from the support that Outside In Music is providing. So, and this was also my first record, 
This is the first one I've done. So it's been a learning process. I've had to sort of manage my own recording session. I did not hire a producer. I went in with my own schedule and exactly how I wanted to do things, and I had to limit myself to a certain amount of takes for each tune because, you know, you can just keep recording all day to get it just right, and that's usually what a producer would help you decide, you know, when you've done enough takes. So I had to do that myself. I'm working out the album artwork myself, you know, coordinating with the mixing and mastering engineers. It's been fun. It's been tedious, but it's been fun, and I've learned a whole lot. Was there any particular reason why you decided to do it now as opposed to five years ago or in five years? Well, I've been kicking around the idea of doing it for a while, but I just never felt ready. Mm. And I still don't feel ready. I mean, as a musician, you never feel ready to put your stuff permanently on record for other, other people to hear, you know. But, you know, as far as why now, I had just graduated from what will be my last school, you know, school experience the year before, which was, you know, I finished up a degree at Juilliard. And I kind of let all that stuff simmer for about nine months. And then I recorded the record with the idea that, you know, now's the time. This is as good as it's going to get, and I have to put something down. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm with you. I hear you on all of those fronts. So we're going to release it uh, probably on Facebook and YouTube, and I'm sure you'll see clips around the Internet. But what's the best place for people to connect with you and to stay in touch for when the record does come out in 2019? Yeah, you can go to www.davemeter.com. Meter is spelled M-E-D-E-R. And uh, on that site, I have all kinds of stuff for you to check out. And I also have a mailing list. And that's by far the, the most effective way for you to get all the information about this record, the release dates, and uh, some other little goodies for you, free, free track downloads and stuff like that. Awesome. Well, thanks for taking a couple minutes to talk, Dave, and uh, we'll check back in uh, once the record comes yeah, out. Yeah, thanks, Nick. That's David Meter and our conversation about Elegy, the new single that's coming out from David Meter in anticipation of his new album coming out in early 2019. Make sure you go and check out Dave online. Check out his website and YouTube to see that video with Chris Potter. I'm super excited for people to hear it. It's, it's pretty amazing. Because uh, he's got a great band, great New York band with Tamir Schmerling and Kush Abadie. Some amazing New York jazz happening so thanks again for being here we're really glad that you're listening to over here if you didn't know we also have a very very active facebook and youtube channels where we're posting videos every single week sometimes three or four a week uh, of different artists their music interviews all this kind of stuff so if you enjoy content around jazz and creative music you're going to enjoy all this stuff that we're putting out So thanks for your time. Thanks for your attention. My name's Nick Finzer. This is Over Here, and we'll see you back here in just a week.